Hello, welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today, I'm talking to the CEO and re-founder of Reynolds Sunglasses, Gareth Llewellyn. Reynolds can be found over at reynolds.co.uk, and let me spell that for you, R-E-N-A-U-L-D. Uh, a little bit about the legacy before we bring Gareth in. The Reynolds brand has a rich history rooted in the second half of the 20th century. In the early 60s, Charles Rowley owner of the highly successful sea and ski suntan company was looking to expand his product line into complementary merchandise such as sunglasses and bathing suits after fruitful negotiations with the botany menswear brand reynolds first branded collection was launched in the spring of 1961 and so there's so much to get into. And these sunglasses were worn by Elvis Presley back in the day. They featured in the Italian job. Later, you might have seen the likes of uh, Johnny Depp wear them in the Rum Diary. And we're going to get into this now. Uh, I can't wait to bring this to you. This is Gareth Llewellyn talking about Reynolds sunglasses in his own words. My background is technology. And uh, <clears throat> I, I had a hobby, a very bizarre hobby of collecting sunglasses specifically the sunglasses from the sun, the um, Italian job. Um, I was looking for them for about 10 years. And in doing that, I collected a vast amount of sunglasses from a particular brand called Reynolds. And Reynolds um, um, disappeared. Uh, they, were, they were very, very big uh, Reynolds brand uh, in the 60s, from 1961 to 1981, and then just disappeared. And a lot of their bits and pieces were sold to Foster Grants who some of you might know. <clears throat> and so when I was collecting all these sunglasses, I eventually found the um, Italian job ones and decided to remake them. And in doing that, I thought, right, well, I'll just buy the, the, the residual trademark and brand for Renault. And so I ended up um, buying the entire rights to Renault globally and um, restarting the company. Um, very odd odd way of doing something like this and since then we've had um just stratospheric success we we, we did take a, a big liberty um Reynold was a very low brow brand back in 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 the 60s it was you know you could buy a pair of Reynolds for 15 bucks or 22 bucks for the for the mustangs which today is about a hundred dollars but um, we decided we wanted to make the Rolex of sunglasses with Renault and we wanted to go to the, the top level. And so, <clears throat> yeah, um, we we relaunched them. But um, obviously this time they were at a completely different level of quality made by artisans handmade in, in Italy and often plated in in um, 24 karat gold plate or palladium. So that sort of brings us up to date really and making of the sunglasses was not as easy as perhaps you might have just made it sound then i know that you took it you took the designs and some of the originals around to some factories in the uk and no one can do it so maybe just explore on that a little bit please yeah i mean first of all the italian job sunglasses um are very very odd in as much as they bend on three axes and so you need a five-axis milling machine, which some of you might know, um, to actually make them. They're very, very difficult to make and make them well and make them sit um, correctly. So it, we went to three companies in the UK, um, some very big companies as well. But of course, they, they weren't used to doing sunglasses. And we ended up with 
um, going to Italy. I'd, I'd spoken to a couple of people in Italy and they just shook their heads in total despair and said, we don't make this stuff anymore. It's too difficult. And I, I was sort of thinking that we couldn't do it, actually. I, I actually, after about nine months of trying, I thought we weren't going to be able to do it. And in the end, we ended up finding a company who was so handmade that each one of them was, was pretty much put together by hand. And so we made 150 of them, which took forever. I mean, through COVID, it took about seven months to make these 150. And then we, they were all sold like within about, honestly, I, I, I've never seen something sell so fast in my life, really. It was probably sold, they were all taken for at least um, in, inside three weeks. And um, so I had to make another 33 to fulfill the orders that we'd taken that we couldn't fulfill. We're just at the end of that run now. And um, <clears throat> we've used the same people right the way through. So all of the range of Reynolds now are made by that factory. And they've suddenly had a huge uplift from us, actually, because through um, COVID, they were not, they were, it was very difficult for them. And so we kept them going, actually. Interesting. And I remember you telling me about how owning a brand is actually different to owning a name. So when you went around and you, you got the, uh, the trademarks from different countries and the patents, I mean, it was a long process for you. But actually owning a name to a brand is completely different than owning the brand itself. Can you just tap upon that a little? Yeah, well, I think um, it's something that I learned very, very early on. I, I mean, I, I'd been in patents and, and, and trademarking previously, so I knew quite a lot about it. But I, but I didn't know that when you buy a trademark, um, you don't own a brand. You, you own the name. And the brand is something so esoteric that it's grown over a very long period of time, like Hermes or Rolex or, or any of those people own that name but the brand underneath it and what it stands for takes years and years and years of, of building upon layer upon layer upon layer and so what we had was a very interesting dilemma we had a huge amount of heritage we've got elvis wearing them and really liking them we've got jackie anassis actual film of jackie anassis now which has resurfaced very recently um, of her wearing them in, in 1962, has had, you know, so many views on Instagram. It's, it's, it's crazy. We've had, we, because we've got so many people from the 60s who used them, we were able to use that in our branding and bring the branding up. And the most recent one that we, you know, we're chatting about today with Jim Clark came about which was just just quite extraordinary really how that came about but the thing people keep coming out of the woodwork I mean honestly this is three years we're in our third year in and people still arrive like yesterday I was given a an advert somebody bought a pair of glasses I'm going to tell this story because I think it's really interesting how this works this guy he runs a BMW um, performance garage in Massachusetts and he contacted me and said uh, are you still making the bikinis all right and I said yeah we we are making the bikinis that's a model on the on the website yeah and he said to me that um 
Oh, we were looking through car and racing or whatever it's called. I can't remember exactly what, uh, car, car and motoring or something from 1963. And there was an advert in there um, with a lady wearing a pair of bikinis and a bloke in a car. And I said, oh, yeah. And, she's, and, and he said, well, my wife really likes them. Can, can we buy them? And so, yeah, of course. So he came on the website, he bought them. And then he sent me an email and he said, I can't believe an advert from 1958, sorry, from 58 years ago, has still resulted in a sale today. And I, I also, I mean, I, I gave it to my team. I sent this advert, which we've never seen. We have never seen this advert yeah. ever um, mm. around. And um, it's a great picture of a lady in a sports car with the bikinis on, you know. And I just thought it was extraordinary that I think for, for, for the next 10 years, we're still going to see pictures of, of, of people wearing them that we never knew wore them, mm. you know. I mean, you, before you launched the brand, you were a, a bit of a fanatic about Reynolds sunglasses. Yeah. Anyway, you, you owned a, up to about 180 pounds, I want to say, something like that. Yeah. Um, so you already had you know, a huge archive of research before the brand was launched. So it, it, it must be an incredible bonus and equally as exciting for you when you do see a new photo, not just because it kind of equates oh. to sales, but because of your passion for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the the weird thing about this, the weird thing about this, and and it is it is unfortunate. I'm sorry to say that we haven't got this on a on a pod, on a on a on a video because I could actually show you this. But he sent me the car and driver. That's that's what it was. Car and driver magazine front, and on it is Jim Clark in a Lotus. All right. I, I mean, you couldn't make that up, could you? There's Jim Clark in a Lotus Type 25, which is obviously what we're what we're doing doing at the moment. And then there's this black and white advert in actually in a Porsche, in a Porsche um, very early 911. It's not a 911; it's a 356 uh, convertible. And um, yeah, just just an extraordinary thing. Um, I, I I I never cease. I thought I'd seen everything. I thought I'd seen everything. And as I said, things keep coming up. And the worst thing is people keep coming, keep emailing me and saying, there was a guy from California emailed me and said, oh, and this was quite early in the morning. He, he was watching Sweet Charity, which was a film from 69. And he said, I think your sunglasses are in this. And, <laughs> and I thought, what? What uh, you know, uh, eight hours difference, and 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 so I got the film and I watched it, and sure enough, at the beginning of the film, the the villains got our sunglasses on, and you know, it's just weird, just completely weird. I know when we last spoke, we had Remit on saying that the glasses are in the Rum Diary as well with John yeah. Depp. I think yeah. sixty one of sixty ones are they in there? Yeah. So they, you know, I think it's hopefully it's just going to be, you know, a, a deep pocket of tricks and treasures that can be <laughs> unearthed and uncovered for you when they when they come out um you mentioned there that you had uh, like something to show we'll try and put everything we can on the show notes over at men's wear style which will accompany the podcast okay. so people can go over there and and take a look at these and you also mentioned jim clark so let's talk about the new collaboration that you have going with uh, jim clark these are a new version of the 61s can you um talk about the new launch please Yes, a very, very interesting um, project. And, and again, you know, the, my, 
you know, my experience with this brand has been to talk to a lot of my heroes. I, I you know, I, I really revered Susan George uh, in from, you know, around the late 60s, early 70s. She had a very big career and we did a photo shoot with her and I get got to meet her and, and you know, got to know her as well. And, you know, it, it, it's it's an incredible journey for me because I'm able to meet the people who actually formed a lot of my youth, to say the truth. And what happened was we had found some pictures um, of Sir John Whitmore wearing our sunglasses um, in the 60s. And we put them on, um, I think we put them in Octane. And I was contacted by Peter Darley. Now, Peter Darley is a, is a very famous photographer from the... Uh, 60s. He's he's into his 80s now, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But he was the official Lotus photographer uh, in the 60s. So he took pictures of Colin Chapman and all of the Lotuses in the pit lane throughout the 60s. And so his archive is just second to none. And he he said to me straight away, I think there's you know pictures of Jim Clark around with these sunglasses. He didn't have any. And fortuitously, at the same time, I was contacted by a person writing a book on Jim Clark, who said, again, with this classic picture they sent on an email, um, are these Reynolds sunglasses that Jim's wearing, you see? And, oh, I said, yes, they are. And we examined it very closely. And then within about a week, we had another five pictures of Jim Clark wearing these sunglasses. Uh, in the car, actually in the car. So, I mean, this was like um, fantastic forensic work. And so Peter said, well, um, <clears throat> I know Clive Chapman, um, who's, who's Colin Chapman's son, and do you want me to introduce me to him, to you, um, so that we could possibly look at remaking them? And the original 61s that we've got on the website are. 41 um, millimeters deep and they were the original ones they're the they're the elvis ones they're the jackie and ones right Mm -hmm. and so what we wanted to do was when we looked at the ones that jim was wearing there was a slightly different model um and they made all sorts of different models they made 15 million of them in the 60s so there was a lot of different depths and jim's were 45 millimeters so we we rejigged the um, the lens cutting, and then we produced um, the first prototypes. And in the meantime, <clears throat> Clive had then said, "Well, you know, Jim really had two cars that he did most of his winning in. It was the Type Twenty Five, in which he won the 1963 and the 1965 World Championships." And then the Type 38, which he won the Indianapolis 500 in. And he's right. the only person to date to have won both the World Championship Formula One and the Indianapolis 500 in the same year, which was 1965. Wow. So I thought, oh, I like this. I do. I like this type of detail. So we decided we were going to make 25 Type 25s in gold and 38 type 38s in uh, palladium nice um, and it, obviously sorry to interrupt but no, it's no. very important that i say that clive then introduced me to 
uh, the Jim Clark Trust, and they have been very, 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 you know, inspirational here because they've effectively given me access to the signature, um, you know, and and a lot of information about Jim. So um, when we look at the, you know, the Jim Clark 61, we've got everything on it. We've got the classic team Lotus logo. We've got his signature on it. We've got the type of the car that's on it, right down to the color of the inside of the car on the inside of the- Oh, uh, I love that. Of, you know, and again, this is, this is annoying. You can't see no, this. No, I'll, I'll describe it the, um, for the on people- On the inside that, of, the, of the covers. On the-, on the- cases for the glasses you've got a yellow and a red that, um, yeah. but inside the cases on a beautiful green case there that's got like a gold press of the winning car oh yeah and a and a kind of embossed and car and so we'll put again we'll have to put these on the show notes because they're gorgeous but yeah so that's the attention of detail that you're going into for these yeah so um gareth would you say that the the main audience for reynold would either be people that love cars, people that love movies, people that love Elvis. Are you noticing there's a, <clears throat> is it a mishmash, are all three, but uh, in one in particular, is there one ahead of the others? Yeah, definitely. At the moment, it's, 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 it's racing, motor, motor racing, that sort of thing. The other two collaborations that we're doing um, in very, very short are not with, not with racing cars, but they're around other aspects of can I say motoring? Um, the, the the two very big untouched ones at the moment that we are looking to touch with the seventy one, which is another product that that came out in in, in nineteen seventy one, um, are are very much more to do with the music industry, to do with the film industry. Um, that there's a lot going on over there. It just hasn't um, come together as fast as cars cars are you know when you've got a picture of jim clark wearing it and so obviously in his car it's like oh this is a bit of a no-brainer this one whereas um anything to do with elvis takes an enormous amount of time to sort out rights and you know whether we can do that or not i mean just look at purcell and steve mcqueen i mean that's been going on since the thomas crown affair but it costs an enormous amount of money to use his image mm. for personal. Mm. Yeah. And, and so we need to be very careful with a fledgling brand that we, we use our heritage first. Right. That's what we're doing. And how do you use the heritage first versus any conflicts with, I know we've touched upon this before, but just to clarify, so you could use your heritage first, maybe with a picture of Elvis wearing the sunglasses and put that on the website or no? Well, the, this is a very touchy, feely area. Without question, everything to do with the 61 um, for, for Jim Clark is all licensed, all right? So I have to license all sorts of things from people. Uh, the pictures, the, um, the, the signature, the, the name, the uh, Lotus, uh, sort of a classic Team Lotus, uh, logos, all of this was sorted out over three or four months ago before we even start to produce something. And um, with Elvis, because we're not using Elvis 
to promote our sunglasses per se. We have got Elvis wearing a pair of Reynolds in the 60s. We're okay as long as we don't move too far into putting it in a shop window where Elvis is wearing it and then I put Reynolds underneath. You can't do that without going to the estate of Elvis and saying, you know, but we own the pictures of Elvis wearing the sunglasses. I bought the rights to those. Right. But that's not the same as owning or talking to the estate to be able to use Elvis as, a, as you know, to promote your sunglasses. That, that we don't do. And I, I, I've got personal experience with dealing with other people's intellectual property. <laughs> and I won't go too much into that. But I do know, I can tell you that it's much better to have a very upfront civilized conversation with the people that are willing to listen in the estates or the people that own it than there is to just go in like a, a bull in a china shop and just go here it here's oh. my product here's the picture let's just sell as much as we can and get the hell out of here <laughs> you know it's much better from the start to kind of lay a bit of a ground you know and, and just see what is possible and what is not and we mentioned elvis gareth uh, can you talk about the elvis film that's coming up and was there anything that you had involved with this one well yes um we we were contacted um probably two and a half years ago now before i'd actually launched reynolds um a guy <clears throat> who supplies all the sunglasses to once upon a time in hollywood and you know a lot of the the rum diaries uh sunglasses it, it all comes from a place called old focals in pasadena very, very, very amazing shop. If anyone's ever there, go and see it because it is the most extraordinary experience I've ever had. As a, as a, uh, a sunglasses fetish man, it is the, the mecca in the world. He, he has been collecting sunglasses what seems like all his life because when you go into his little shop, which is very incongruous, it, it's set back from the road. It's a little shop. And you go in there and, and it's like every old pair of sunglasses you can think of around the wall with, with pictures like the Rolling Stones there and then there's Brad Pitt's there. And I mean, he, every single person has been in this shop to get some oh, sunglasses. Wow. That's right? And out the back are three shipping containers, like the ones you see, you know, on the docks. And in there are full. It's full of sunglasses. Wow. All right. So this guy couldn't, he, he, he and I built up a relationship very quickly, but he, he didn't have the Reynolds sunglasses that Elvis wore. And I had six pair of them, actually. I cornered the market in that exact pair of sunglasses. And he, he said to Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers approached him and said, look, have you got any? And he said, no, I, I, but I know a man who has, and that's how they approached me. And so I did a deal with them down in Australia where they were filming it, and um, I sold them pairs of sunglasses. And that was the last I heard of it until Tom Hanks got COVID. I think it was one of the first people to get COVID. Oh, in I remember. January uh, 2020. And it stopped filming, and then I thought, oh, well, this is never going to get made. And, and, you know, eventually it was, it was finished, I think, at the end of 2020. Then they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll postpone it now until June 2022. Um, 
And as I, as I, as we were mentioning before this, um, you never ever know whether they're going to make it into the final edit. Right. You never know. And and so we hope they do, um, but we don't know. And if they do, obviously it's another. It's somewhat quite large endorsement for Reynolds. But they wouldn't give me a credit. They wouldn't. They wouldn't give me a credit. Reynolds sunglasses on it um, because you they asked. Were, yeah, I did ask, yeah. and and it was basically because we hadn't produced the sixty-one at that point. We weren't providing our own sunglasses. Right. Um, we were providing sunglasses from 1963-64, which were my own personal collection, and. Um, and consequently, they weren't prepared. We weren't a big enough brand for them to put it on the credits, but bottom line. Yeah. I know. But we are now. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can have another pick up the phone to him uh, again and go, have you checked the website out recently? Yeah. Are there any archived ones in a museum of anywhere of the original ones that Elvis wore, the original 60 ones? <clears throat> so, um, yeah, this is a very interesting story, and it's a story of the, you know, the, the rise of the celebrity-owned affaire, um, basically. It's in 2016, I think it was 2016, the original sunglasses that he handed to his security guard because he'd fed up, he didn't want to wear them anymore, and he, he'd worn them for about, five months, I think, at that point, um, were sold for $11,000 at an auction mm. in, um, in, in, in L.A. They came up again, um, I think, last year or the year. Of, yeah, no, the last year it was. And they sold, well, they got to 41000 And I was very suspicious. I didn't think they were the same pair. I mean, they had the letter of authenticity that it came from the security guard, but but I, I started to think, I'm not sure about this, actually, looking at them very closely. Um, and You're looking at photos of these? Yeah, I didn't actually see them. Okay. And they are being pushed around now. I think, I think there may be two pair. I, I don't think there's one. Um, you can't see them anywhere. Once people buy them, they put them in a case at home and then that's it, they're gone. We have had discussions, my sister who's in the business has had discussions with the V&A about doing a Reynolds um, (laughs) display collection because we've got enough, shall we say, here to show the evolution of the 61 throughout the 60s and and who wore them and pictures of them. So... You know, I, I would really like to do that because I think people need to see it. I think they need to see the incredible design that was going on in the early 60s. I mean, it was it was a time of incredible creativity in shapes, just enormous mm. shapes around people's faces. I mean, today it's just great slabs of, you know, if you see Selling Sunset or you see any of these sort of um, brand-related, um, you know, uh, series, everyone's wearing very predictable stuff. Yeah. It's very predictable. Yeah. Well, there's there's no Rolex of sunglasses going around on Home and Away that I've noticed, anyway. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know where that came from. I've not seen that show in 15 years. There might be. Sorry, I'm doing home and away disservice. Gareth, it's been wonderful talking to you again. Uh, I could listen to you talk about sunglasses and your passion for it, specifically Renault sunglasses, for hours. But I appreciate you've got a life to get on with and a weekend to handle. Uh, Reynold.co.uk is the place people can go. And again, we'll put all the links over on the show notes. Uh, what social media do you like to hang out on these days? Well, we're not very good at social media, I'll be honest. Um, what we what we do a lot, probably more of than anything else, is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Reynolds Sunglasses there. Um, but th- the thing is that I like to put up, oh, you know, people putting it up, sort of wearing the sunglasses from the past on there. And um, that you can go and see Jackie Anassis uh, looking very stunning there. Um, which which had an enormous amount of views. Couldn't believe the number of views that that video wrapped up. Um, but yeah, so that so it's Instagram really that we're on. Awesome. Well, in the meantime, Gareth, and um, look forward to having you back on. Hopefully, to talk about the new projects that will be out next year as well, and uh, maybe have you back on to talk about the Elvis film because <laughs> I'll be uh, yeah. very intrigued to see how that turns out. But Gareth Llewellyn, there, re-founder and CEO of Reynolds Sunglasses. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you would like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.